Hello and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. Hello, my name's Neil Selwyn and this is the first of two episodes that we're putting out this month on the topic of AI and education. This conversation features Professor Erica Southgate from the University of Newcastle. Erica was talking as part of an online webinar panel that Monash organised in June 2021. So the Zoom sound quality isn't always the best, but Erica had so many interesting things to say that we wanted to give you all the opportunity to listen. Erica is a great advocate for technology and education, but always with a critical eye. In the panel, we covered loads of issues, the importance of AI explainability, the idea of big tech companies working alongside educational communities, and the big learning questions that AI throws up. But first off, Erica gave us a flavour of the AI technologies that we're already using in education. As she was keen to explain, this is not speculative technology that is decades away. This is actually technology that we're already using, even if we often don't realise it. I mean, I think there's really neat little applications of AI. For instance, um, when I was in PowerPoint, I'll get recommenders about the design of my PowerPoint presentation. AI is doing that through machine vision. And then there's uh, kind of the type of use of um, artificial intelligence or machine learning algorithms uh, through data mining, uh, which will produce, uh, for instance, um, uh, kind of snapshots or profiles of learners, which I think is a really... um, current uh, thing that teachers in particular are are thinking about. I was at a conference very recently where there was a lot of talk about analytic dashboards uh, being included in uh, learning management systems or online learning uh, systems for schools and about the type of data that might go into that um, dashboard, how it might be analysed through uh, machine learning algorithms and uh, what it might represent in terms of the learner in order to guide both learners or students um, and also teachers uh, around um, achievement levels or, for instance, um, the well-being of the student. One of the key things underpinning what AI is in education is the significance of data and data-driven automations in driving the technology and what it does in the classroom. So next, Erica was keen to discuss the importance of asking what data can and cannot do in terms of supporting teaching especially when compared to the pedagogical relationships between teachers and students that teachers are expected to draw upon in their own decision-making. So there's a difference between a pedagogical relationship between a teacher and student and the teacher uh, interpreting and uh, getting to know and making connections with students and their families to understand uh, learning through a holistic sense of that child or that student and a machine extracting data from uh, using a pre-existing model uh, and a machine learning model that then uh, creates its own algorithms to extract more data and then presenting that back to a teacher who somehow has to interpret it as um, a representation of the whole child. And so once we have this kind of intermediary of the machine, it becomes a whole different pedagogical and ethical issue at stake, particularly when children and young people have very little say in that. What we need to really engage, I suppose, with communities around what these types of um, technologies mean um, for the for the student, for the communities, and for the teachers that are connecting with them. Erica is a great person to talk to because she works across schools and higher education. 
So the next thing we talked about was some of the interesting examples of AI that she's come across in primary education and what wider issues are raised about teaching and learning when these technologies begin to be applied in classrooms. Yeah, I recently did uh, I've did research on the use of virtual reality in schools and we had uh, some primary or elementary school children build virtual worlds uh, for the learning of Italian. Uh, and it was a wonderful experience. But what was really interesting and something we didn't really predict, which we should have, is that the children preferred the use of machine translation tools <laughs> rather than going to the teacher or going to their dictionaries or yeah. their workbooks to get the correct Italian uh, phrasing or translation. The issue is, of course, it's not the best way at the moment to learn a language. And in fact, it can give you many uh, inaccurate and inappropriate uh, translations. And so the disruption to something like language teaching will be immense from the, these types of uh, tools. But what it has started is conversations around the relationship between uh, this type of artificial intelligence powered application and traditional pedagogies with language teaching and how um, teachers themselves need to skill up now uh, and think about that in relation to the curriculum. So learning with AI, about AI, and how to thrive in an AI world, but critically <laughs> with their children. So it's a really good recent example, I suppose, about that sort of conversation emerging. Next, we flipped over to talking about the use of AI in university. Here, Erica raised a couple of examples of different software that have become familiar to a lot of lecturers and students over the past couple of years. Online exam proctoring and plagiarism detection systems. And she was keen to stress the unseen issues that accompany this sort of tech. Everything from students gaming the algorithms through to how technology that's supposed to make higher education fairer can actually lead to serious disadvantages for some groups of students. We use AI in plagiarism uh, detection software that's based on AI and pattern matching in particular. It can be useful for students to learn about plagiarism if it's a tool, an educative or pedagogical tool. Of course, it can be gamed. Uh, and I see that um, often. <laughs> um, so it can, if people understand how machine learning and pattern matching works, they can actually understand how to um, get around that in terms of plagiarism with academic work. And, of course, any system can be gamed. Um, there's also yeah. online proctoring, uh, which is really big during COVID, which is online examinations. Uh, so that's really taken off. But, uh, of course, you know, there's... That sounds like a great um, kind of uh, concept, but of course so many students don't have ideal home environments, of course, where they can take an exam at home and be watched by somebody at the other end or monitored by a machine for particular behaviours. Um, they might not have a quiet home space and when the machine hears or detects noises, it can put up a red flag, which says, oh, you know, there's, there might be suspicious behaviour here in terms of the exam. Uh uh, if they have children at home, for instance, if you're a mature age student, you have children or if you have brothers and sisters and they come into the room and you look away, that could be another red flag for online proctoring. So really, these are very interesting systems being trialled in very large ways, particularly as a result of COVID. Uh, but they're, they're natural experiments, I suppose, in how they might work well, but also the kind of issues and particularly the equity issues that are at stake here. This unseen nature of how AI works also carries over into Erica's responses to the question of what big issues around AI teachers most need to be aware of. Here she points to the importance of explainability. 
In other words, teachers knowing how AI systems are making the decisions that they do and being able to justify the technology's actions in a similar way that teachers are expected to justify their own decision making. So I strongly identify uh, with the identity as an educator. I'm a teacher educator. And uh, one thing about educators and teachers is that the basis of what we do is to explain stuff. And if we're using machine systems that we can't explain why that machine made a decision that it did, uh, then we shouldn't be using it. And often it is the case uh, that those algorithms are proprietary or that they're so technically difficult or that they use, uh, for instance, deep learning where even the computer scientists that uh, create these machines can't even understand really or audit the machine process, the decision-making process. That's a problem for education. So explainability and accountability yeah. is key. And teachers are made to explain stuff all the time to students, to parents, to colleagues. So we need to really think about the governance of these systems. So teachers buy in applications all the time, apps into classrooms all the time, uh, government departments buy uh, systems and apps and platforms all the time. And we really need to think very carefully about um, the governance that particularly in relation to, um, well, in this country, a lack of regulation. This point about oversight and bringing diverse groups of people together to talk about the realities of AI use in education comes up a few times. Next, Erica extended this point in terms of how educators can work with the big tech companies who are at the forefront of developing AI. In particular, she raises the idea of approaching educational AI as a community rather than a purely commercial effort. This is something that Erica sees as being in everybody's interests, with the tech industry actually open to working with rather than working against education. It's easy to demonise technology companies. It's a lot harder to think about working with them. No, no, I don't think many companies want to create intrinsically evil technology. There might be some, but really, you know, they would be a rarity. So it's really about creating those collaborations or genuine partnerships and um, showcasing that in terms of, the, uh, you know, the kind of development of um, ethical AI, but really working with communities to do that, school communities to do that. Um, because we, we need the voices uh, and the input of children. <laughs> we need the voices and input of young people and their parents and carers. We need, uh, in Indigenous communities, we need the elders involved. <laughs> we need, you know, whole whole networks of people um, involved in the design. I, I really am an advocate for very careful incubation of this type of technology with a research agenda attached to it, robust research, so we can really see um, what this sort of technology um, is good for, what it's not good for, uh, and how we might uh, iterate on design so that it's better. Finally, we talked about the big AI and education challenges for the future. As far as Erica is concerned, one of the big issues that we need to get on with thinking about and researching is the changing nature of learning and finding out more about what it means to learn with and learn alongside AI technology. Suppose you know there's a huge uh, body of learning science and learning psychology about how people learn, and what would be interesting, uh, what's interesting to explore is how people learn with machines, or how machines might augment uh, learning or augment uh, capacity or intelligence, however way you want to define that. So I think you know there's a huge research kind of agenda around uh, augmentation of capacity or capability, uh, which is um, quite interesting. At the same time, that may very well um, impact on the way we conceive of or think about 
what good learning is. So none of these kind of um, technologies are pedagogically neutral. They have pedagogical or instructional um, principles or positions or approaches built into them, assumptions about who the teacher is or what learning is or who the learner is. And that's the kind of stuff we need to uncover from the design perspective. So I suppose, you know, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. I wonder, I'm very interested, for instance, about how I might have an AI buddy who might help me along my journey, uh, my kind of lifelong journey, learning journey. Uh, but then how might that change uh, the person I am or the opportunities that are available to me? And, you know, who owns that data and what happens to it, I suppose. Um, so, I mean, I think it's from an instructional kind of perspective, um, We've yet to really see um, the potential for AI. I mean, in terms of the COVID pandemic, I mean, there was never a good intelligent tutoring system to put into place uh, for, for kids to learn particular things. You know, there's some intelligent tutoring systems, for instance, out there, but nothing on a widespread scale. So we don't really know what's going to happen, but we should be asking questions about, you know, what's, what's the relationship between teacher, learner and machine, that kind of triad. Uh, and then what uh, critically are the kind of pedagogical or learning science assumptions built into those kind of applications. So that was Professor Erica Southgate talking us through some of the key issues currently surrounding debates over AI in education. If you found this conversation interesting, then do be sure to check out the other episode of Meet the Education Researcher on the same topic from the same panel discussion that features Dr Val Mendes from UNESCO. In the meantime, do check out Erica's writing on AI in education just go to ericasouthgateonline.wordpress.com.